everybody. We're ready to take off here. We're getting everything underway. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to pray for us and jump right back on in. It is good to have everybody today. It's always good to see everybody. Like I said, we've got a, many of our church members going through a lot of different things, but nothing too big for God. Amen. And we're going to stand with them. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity and just so many people willing to share their gifts today. And Lord, uh, most of all, that you share your love and spread it abroad to each one of us. Lord, as we do the message today, I pray that it's so much more than any man could ever bring. That it's in the power of your spirit. That it's in the, the truth of your word. And it's in the grace that you give us each day. So Father, as we just go forward today, I pray that there's something for everyone here. And I know it is because there's always something that you have to reveal to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So everybody had a pretty good week. I ask you that every week and I usually get a pretty good week. I'm waiting one week and say, man, it was just amazing. <laughs> but it's not this week, right? Well, I pray that this week coming, that it is amazing. I'm going to get ready to jump on in here. The title of our message is Right on the Edge. How many people have been right on the edge and then something changed? Right on the edge of that blessing. Right on the edge of, man, I'm, I'm, of that breakthrough. I don't know what that is in your life today, but we're going to be speaking to those areas. And what I want to go back and, and go through the Bible with a real familiar story for a lot of folks. But, um, even if you've heard the story before, or if you haven't, it's always fresh manna for us. It's always, God's always revealing more and more about what he wants to do. So to, to really bring us up to, to speed, uh, I'm going to kind of give you a little backdrop of the story. I'm going to read a little uh, odds and ends that I have in here. And what was going on this time is that God's people, the Israelites, have been sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai for two years. I want you to picture that. The mountain of God for two years. Moses would go up and get the word and bring it back and and even at one point, people were so scared that, hey, look, you go. We'll just hang out and you tell us. That's the power of God. How many know every time you see uh, an angel of the Lord or God reveal it, some people just automatically get their needs, amen? We're talking about the power of God. And so I hope that today that we get a glimpse of that. So this is what's going on. God's people are living at the bottom of Mount Sinai for two years. And the Lord tells them, he says, look, I want you to take 12 spies, one from each of the uh, Nations there, one of each of the tribes. And I want you to go into the land that I promised you in Canaan. So they did. They go on out and say, bring back the report. Now, how many have heard this story before? One, one or two. That's good. Well, we're going to go a little bit deeper today, all right? So they tell them to come on back, and we know the story pretty well. And they came back with some amazing stories, right? The land was just, just what God said. Overflowing with milk and honey. It was just, it was awesome. And the plants and the lush grass and all this stuff, you know? And it's like, man, this is good. They were right on the net. So, they give a little account of what's going on. And ten of the guys said, man, it's great. It's, it's, um, this is a book road translation. It's awesome. It's cool. This is great. Man, well, we can't go. Them guys are big. Those guys, those guys are like giants, man. They even view their own self like grasshoppers in comparison to that. We don't need to view ourselves like anything than other than who God says we are. Amen. That's when we start getting in trouble. And I'm going to apply this to our real life now. When we look at the neighbor, we look at this one or that one or whatever, man, we need to be looking to the Lord. That's the one that tells us how we measure up. Amen? So this is what's going on. But there's two guys. Anybody remember the names? Caleb and Joshua. Caleb says, hey, look, let's do it. I'm in. You ever had somebody out in your, in your group say, man, let's just go, let's do it. He was so in tune to what God had promised him. He remembered coming through all of those things out to that desert. And he, he remembered all the promises of God. And he was ready to act on them. 
How many of you can know the promises God not act on when you sit on the sidelines for a long time, amen? We activate them by faith. We got to take that first step sometimes, don't we? And he says, hey, man, let's go. Joshua's like, I'm with you. But guess what? The majority kind of won out. You got to watch the crowds around with sometimes, don't we? Well, we know the rest of the story. It ended up costing them 40 years wandering around in the desert. And everyone that was 20 years old and up, with the exception of Caleb and Joshua, passed away. 40 years wandering around. They were on the edge of the promised land, man. What is it that you're on the edge of in your life? The God says, come on, I'll take care of you. What is that thing? Maybe it's putting your family back together. Maybe it's putting your marriage back together. Maybe it's you know, uh, getting over addiction. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's today. You're right here and said, I know I need Jesus, but today I pray that you step over to the other side. Amen. Let's look at the scripture today. You can find, find out more about the story if you go into uh, the book of Numbers, okay? And Caleb had said, this is how he put it in his own words. He said, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Now, do you think he was just thinking about his own strength? I think he was thinking about the strength of the Lord. His eyes were focused on that of the Lord. And over and over, we look back through the Bible, and we see that folks that were focused on the Lord always had a they never had no trouble, right? Wrong. They never went through it alone. But those were the different makers, the difference makers in life. And it was tough sometimes. Hey, I want you to do this. I want you to step out here. I want you to do this. But man, when they stepped there, God was with them. And I'm telling, I'm talking to somebody today, I know I'm preaching to me first, that we need to step out. We need to take hold. Because I know there's things that you want to accomplish. I know that things that, there's things that God has called you to. I know that there's bumps, bruises, and setbacks in our life. But I'm going to tell you what God's more than about it. He's an amazing God. So with that being said, I'm going to just go ahead and roll right on in to the message. Everybody going to go say amen. amen. Hope you got your handouts because I believe God's going to show us a lot of things today for the message that we can kind of write down and do back to you. Well, have you ever heard this before? Looks can be deceiving. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It can. Many of us know that is true on all different levels. Don't look at the people on the side. And just say, yeah, looks can be deceiving. Amen. It really can. But look at this. Let's just go back to the story. Tim looked at the size of their problem. You got anybody you work with like that? All the things you can't do. They said, we got a mission. The boss comes down, so we got to get this done by Friday. This, that, and everything. And they go, oh, my goodness, boss. You just... Well, but we got this, and we got broken bolts, and we got this, and the air conditioner don't work, and we got to go to lunch. I mean, the list of can'ts just start getting crazy. But if you got one guy who says, hey, you know what, I think we can do that. You've got to watch who you follow, amen? We want to follow the Lord over and over. I said, there's ten guys that couldn't see past the problem. They allowed the devil to fill their hearts and defeat with doubt. Doubt will rob you every time, man. Every time. I said, does that ever happen to you? Think about this. Think about David, the little shepherd boy. Now, everybody thought Goliath was too big to hit, right? It's all, oh, no, 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 man. He, he's, a, he's just too big to miss. It's all, your, it's all your perspective. You know? You think about that. Now, guys, let me, let me, let me ask you something. Just pop in mind. How many, how many of your dads told you this when you were growing up? If it was going to be a fight breakout and you knew what you were going to have to fight, you knew it was going to be bad, go hit the biggest, loudest mouth guy there was. Did dad ever tell you that? Yeah. <laughs> because then everybody said, what is he doing? What did David do? He got the big guy. And when he conquered that through the power of God, everybody said, whoa, something's going on here. Right? 
So over and over, we can't just look at the size of our problem. I'm not negating our problem and that there are big problems that we come into. But I'm telling you that our God is bigger than any problem. Amen. Y'all believe that this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. So two looked at the size of their God. Now Caleb and Joshua had God's view. They were so in tune to what God had already done. They didn't consider anything but victory. I remember I mentioned this a couple times. I had a buddy of mine, and, and she was really plugged into the Lord way before I was walking with the Lord. And she was looking for a change in her life and a change in her, her job. And I, I, and I asked her, well, how's that come? So we're still praying about it. I said, well, I said, one day I went over and I said, so how's that coming? She said, I'm still praying about it. I'm trusting the Lord to bring that on through. I said, that's good. I said, well, who's that much out there, right? I said, so what's your plan B? She said, excuse me? She said, my plan B is plan A. God's going to take care of it. And he did. And I always thought about that. She was so, she was like, this is it. The God that spoke to me about this. This job's coming. I don't know when or whatever, but this job is coming. You know what? It did. And it was just amazing. And he said, well, that's nice for her. That doesn't always happen to me. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If that doesn't come through, God's got something better. Amen? Or God is still teaching us in the midst of those things. But I want us to get our eyes off the problem onto the problem solved. Can we do that? It takes a little nudging sometimes, don't it? It takes God's perspective. It takes staying in God's word. It takes an amazing church family to say, come on, you can do it. You got an amazing church family? Amen. I thought so, too. Amen. But it's all about what are you looking at? Man, we can hone in on some stuff. You ever had those, those, those folks that are just a party pooper? You know, you can bake a cake and everything, and it looks great, and it looks good. And they say, well, everything's good, but you know that the one little flower went off just a little bit there. Huh? Or you get your car painted, and somebody gets out there, and they look all at it, and they, get up, and they crawl up onto the car, and they find a little, little teeny flake, and you go, man, how much did you pay for this? <laughs> you know, if you crawl over there on your belly and close your eyes and get a floodlight, you can see one little crack in there. Really? Why is it so many folks just want to pick apart things that are good? Well, I'm going to tell you what. As we look at this here, I hope this helps us get our view and our minds wrapped around the things of God. Because His view is the best view. Amen? So if we're going to get His view, what do we need to do? We need to look through the lens of His, his Word. Amen? We need to look to Jesus. Anybody else hiding here other than me? Okay. Is this me? Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's not even in the script. I just thought my tongue started falling out. Miles fanning himself back there. So John got a, John. I know it's I know it's kind of hot in here. John don't have a coat on. <laughs> All good. You see the squirrel. He's done. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tim. Appreciate that. But over and over. So what are you looking at? I was looking at the temperature just then. So many times we get wrapped around the room. I can tell you this: that you can work yourself up. Like anything, looking at the problem. You ever, you ever go to the doctor and you think, well, I'll tell you what, I, I had a doctor book one time. Just before the internet. I had a doctor book, and I had pulled a muscle and everything else. And I had already known what it was. I mean, it was going to take 14 hours surgery to get it fixed everything else. And it, you know, I'm left and when I get in there. By the time I got there, I read a couple of more chapters and a, a swirl of speech and everything. I'm getting up there. I was, man. You know, just working on Y'all done the same thing because y'all Google this stuff. I know you did. So I get there. And, and the doctor said, what, what's wrong? I said, I know exactly what's wrong. He said, well, what happened? I said, I was playing baseball and lifting weights. Oh, it's bad, it's bad. And I, I came up with this word that I couldn't even say. It just sounded like I, I, I coughed up something. <laughs> he said, what did he say? I said, oh, it's not. Like, and he said, uh-huh. you got a doctor book? I said, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, I do. 
I thought he was just going to say, well, you know, you're really done good. And he said, son, if you had that right there, they would be dragging you across the floor and you would have never got in the car. I go, well, that's good. <laughs> but I felt like a fool. But what happened is I read it you know, that, that day and then I read it that night and I looked at it that morning and then I went back to it and I said, I even took it with me in the car because I was going to show him this is it. I was show the doctor this is it. How many times are we going to tell the boy, well, this is the problem. I'm going to no, you're the problem. <laughs> you need to listen to me, right? I'm just being honest, right? <laughs> And we get out there and go, I can't believe this. And, oh, I can't. I told you like 10 times, don't do that, you know? But you know what? Even in his midst of this thing, he doesn't say, well, I'm going to leave you alone now. Does Never leave us in the sickness. So it's all about our beliefs. I said, here's the question. Here's the question I got for you guys. I said, if you put the same energy into believing God that you put in to doubting God, what do you think would happen? Oh, come on now. Everybody watch the tone. You know? Oh, yeah, but. I get that all the time. Yeah, but. Talk to somebody. What about that? Yeah, but. Man. You're going to give God no elbow room. You're going to edge him out about everything you're doing, right? And then when it's all a mess, we go, Lord, what happened? And then we do that. Uh-uh-uh. Anybody ever got a traffic ticket? You pray, don't you? Man, it's someone. When you go, and you go, and what do you do? What do you do when the lights come on behind I hope it's somebody else. <laughs> That's a real Christian thing to do. You know, you're doing 75, 60 years. You're down to 55 an hour. You know, you're going over here. And you're getting a smile right and everything else. And all this. And he goes, because you are looking at the problem. Probably looking at the problem in the mirror. You, right? Here you go. 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 And they ride by and you go, oh, praise the Lord. And then they pull somebody over. You know, they was mean that. They would weave on that guy almost coming. You know you jump right over on that. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh yeah, I can't believe that. But if it's you, I can't believe it. Oh, really wasn't going that way. Was I going that way? Yeah, you going that way. Oh, bless you. Don't say nothing. You know, get all the stuff out there. And they always ask me, excuse me, sir, driver's license registration. Do you know why I stopped here today? I don't know. You told me we had extra sandwich. I don't mean what? You know. And what do we usually say? I was speeding. Or you say, I don't know. I think I said, you know who you are. <laughs> I was telling friends of mine, this is going back just to do not do this. <laughs> I had left my buddy's house. And I had a 70 El Camino with the straight pipes. My dad said, oh, we're going straight pipes on there. Well, I said, oh, yeah, it's cool. He said, if you do that, you will signal every cop in Buffalo to come get you. That was right. <laughs> so I get better to leave. And I'm up there looking at my buddy. He's like, he's flicking the light on his hat. Do it, man. Do it. Woo! Oh, man. That thing, that thing was spinning. Man. I can still be. She's going this way. And I was looking back. My buddy's going. And I went past this street. I was still spinning. Going. And this cop looked at me like. <laughs> I know he said, I know you're crazy, boy. I was, it was still spinning. Yee! So what I do? I turned down the first street I could. I'm going directly to jail. This is, this is not good. So I'm so scared. I get out and meet him at his car. I had everything. Over. He said, I said, hey, how, how you doing? He goes, back away from the door, son. He said, now he goes, I'm scared, man. I'm thinking, I'm going to be riding my bicycle until I graduate now. And, got, and this was only when they were smoking. It's almost like smoking to me. Go on. Do you know what reckless driving is? I got smart. I said, 
Is it any time your wheels break traction on a wet road? <laughs> I don't think so, son. It's when you were spinning out of control from that corner right up to about there. Oh. Oh, it is? Sorry about that. Then he said, you got a job? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, what do you do? I said, I am a private in the Colonel's Army right down the street. I'm a bird foot. I work the KFC, baby. He said, where are you at? I told him. That was it. <laughs> he said, so you make a little money? I said, very little. Very, very little. He said, very little. He said, you know how much this ticket's going to be? I said, oh, I don't know. I said, oh, man, he's letting, me, he's letting me sweat, man. I'm thinking, that's it. Then I don't know what to do with my dad. Dad, ticket, man, it's just not good. It's not even, it's like, it's just like this. It's just like, it's not good. But I'm going to tell you something.
I don't have my brain. <laughs> what were you thinking? I, I did it twice. <laughs> I know what I was thinking. I didn't think those pants was going to rip. <laughs> to this day, that was a, we get somebody new there and they go, hey, you remember 25 years ago? When you jumped out, I said, I don't even call that. Was that me? <laughs> what am I talking about here? Be careful following the crowd. Now, I let him lure me right on in. Like I had something to prove, man. And I'll tell you what. And you know what they did? Then they say, man, I'm sorry about you, man. Hey, let us take up a collection. Hey, we think the lady up front can sew them back for you. They say, look at you. I can't believe it. What a fool, right? That's what the enemy does. You keep nudging you over a little bit. Right to the end, right to the end, right to the end. And push you over. And then when you get on the other side, you go, how in the world did I get here? And you get to laughing. And the rebuke and all that. But God says, come on, man. I can fix a whole lot more than a ripped hair face. I can mend a broken heart. I can, I can, I can heal that. I can restore families. I can break addictions. I can do all these things. But you know what? Sometimes we still do some crazy stuff, don't we? But God never changes. His mercy is always fresh. Amen. So let's keep on rolling here. I tell you what, we're going back to the story. The folks that follow the crowd, they got 40 years. In the desert, and they never sold the promise. Amen. Don't let people lure you away from the best thing that God has for you. Because you know what? That's what happens when we deal with disbelief. I love these pictures in this time. Mm -hmm. Disbelief leaves you behind. I said, Disbelief never gets you beyond the difficulties. You ever thought about that? I said, Doubt will always keep you shackled to the I can't. Have you ever heard that? Hey, come on, man. Let's, 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 what do you do? No, I can't. And then they have nothing to follow up with the I can't. If you say, I can't walk that far because my leg broke, I understand that. But if you say, I can't because I just can't, I don't understand that. Because what's happening is we have, have focused so much on the I can't. And it's not so much the can't, I think it's so much on the I. You know what I'm saying? I know that I can only do so much. Very little. Only when, only when the scare gets big is usually the things that I shouldn't do, amen? Things that I missed the mark on. But you know, and let me help you with this. You know, when I say you get shackled to the I can't, the I can't should be off the table with it anyway. Because we know that. There's like, I can't save myself. I can't save you. I can't forgive sins. I can't do any of that. God can. So that takes that out of the equation. So we need, we need to look at the problem. So can God do that? Yeah, God can make it through that. Can God get me through this? Absolutely. Will God forgive me of this? Yeah. Will God set my family back together? Amen. Will God do these things? Absolutely. But you know what? We've got to get the right perspective. Let's see what's going on. I said, this belief, it's like a magnifier when we magnify your giants. I wrote this down. I said, this, this belief is a magnifying glass for the devil. It's going to turn around and build every speck, every problem to a mountain size. Isn't that something? The devil will take, oh, man. Why do people have me in church Why do they say that? What do they mean by that? You know what I mean? Something like that. Or any of those things. You know? I, I've heard people when, when I've been in other circles and things like this. A lady had a, a hat on one time. And, uh, you know, she thought somebody was talking about her hat. She was upset all week that somebody was talking about her hat. And nobody was even talking about her hat. Okay? I'm just making something that small. You know? When is it something at work or something somebody said? Most of the time, people don't even know that they've offended you. Amen? I told you about this one time. I got a letter from a guy one time that he forgave me about a whole bunch of stuff. And I thought, who is this? 
And I start thinking back, and it's like two years that went by, and I'm thinking, Lord, did I say something to the guy or whatever? Could not ever remember that. Anything else, never thought about it, never lost any sleep because I never knew anything about it. But that guy held on to that for two years. Two years, right? And then he said, forgive me. So what did I say? Did I go back? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. I do. You know what, God? If I offended you, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. Moving on. There was no reason for me to go back. I don't know, but check out that. I don't know. I mean, when I prayed about that, I said, Lord, I, I don't recall. He never even told me what it was. I said, I don't recall the situation or whatever. But what do you want me to do? Bring healing. That's what I got. Bring healing. So, so what, how did it? I didn't pick the scab back off. I just said, you know what? If I offended you in any way, because that's my, I, I didn't want to upset anybody. That is never my intent. If you told you to get here, it's not because I'm trying to pick on somebody. It's because I want us all running as fast as we can, as hard as we can to the Lord. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. But it will magnify that no doubt in that two years that guy must have died. Yeah, that is Man, this, man, that. Oh. And I guarantee it brought his peace. Amen? And maybe I did do something, but you know what? Wouldn't it have been better if you guys said, hey, man, you know, I really don't appreciate that right there. Instead of letting it linger and go on and go on and go on. And then, hopefully, I would have said, done the right thing to God. Then he said, man, I'm sorry about that. I'm not a big conflict guy. I'm not going to let you walk on me or anything else. But I tell you, it's kind of funny. We had this conversation at work. Guys going to school and everything else like this. It, it, work doesn't change from about the time you're 14 to you're 50, 60 years old. It's like being in junior high school most places. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right there. And see, when I got saved, the folks at my work, he's like, well, let's see how long this works. But over the time, I call it Hope the Preacher. He, my buddy, said, they like to pick on you, don't they? It's alright. It's alright. I just keep praying. Now, they, they're not going to roll me over, but they're always, hey, listen, listen, listen. And then, if you get riled up, oh man, you're supposed to be a Christian, right? Hey, anybody else? Sometimes you just pray like this and say, I'm laying hands on you. I'm going to pray for you. No. Everybody says, that's a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. But that's when you feel like you don't want to be an hour. Yeah, I'm sorry you felt right there. Let me help you up a couple more times. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? What I see is it's time to buy us. The very folks that will pluck on the Christian are the very folks that will come to you in the hour of need and have you pray for them. Amen? That's exactly right. I'm thinking, the guy that wants me to pray for his job and I'm getting laid off is the same guy. Why are you the same guy? This is someone you don't believe last week. But what I did, I said, sure, I'll be glad to. Absolutely. We've got to take the high road sometimes, you know. And it's tough sometimes. But you don't have to do it by yourself. we got the Holy Spirit in us. Right? And sometimes we miss the mark. But you know what? I'm trying to be quick to say, maybe, you know, I probably didn't respond to that sometimes. Keep on moving. See what else we got here. I said, doubt keeps you focused on your limited resources. But faith keeps you focused on God's unlimited resources. Is God limited by anything? Right? I mean, he, he's got more than enough. 
He loves you so much and loves you so much and loves you so much. Unconditional love, no conditions. You know? It's not like when you're in grade school, do you like me? The yes or no, and they write back, well, sometimes, and when you got a sucker, and when you buy ice cream. None of that. Unconditional. We want to put all the conditions on, right? I, you know, my mom says everything. And I had a note very similar to that. I'm going to have to look around over there one day. Maybe break that out. Man, that's crazy. But I'm going to tell you what. When you start looking at all the unlimited resources that you think you have, look at the unlimited resources that God has. And we're heirs to what God has. Amen? I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about just things that we need for our needs. But you know what? He's got an unlimited supply of favor. He's got an unlimited supply of grace. Now what do y'all do when God shows you you got a, great, a lot of grace? Do you turn around and take it out on somebody else or do you pass it on? I know in my life what's been happening as I'm growing and God's been so gracious to me and patient with me, it's changing my heart. Man, I was an eye for an eye type guy. How about y'all? Oh, man, yeah. Oh, push me, shove me. That was it. And that's no way to go. <laughs> I didn't even look over there. Yeah. Well, we can be like that, right? We can be like that. But as God grows in your heart, you get in And sometimes, at the end of the night, I go, you know what? Thank you that I didn't respond this way. And sometimes at the end of the night, I go, Lord, forgive me that I responded this way. The good news is this. We're a work in progress. But heaven is your home, and it is secure if you call on the name of Jesus. Amen. I've been to the hospital more than the last two weeks visiting in all levels of health than I've had been in probably the last two years. I was at the hospital yesterday. And while it's on my mind, this camera went in, and she, she, so, she just sent me a thing with her She said, I'll be out in 30 minutes. We did some checkouts on this camera. Continue to lift her up and others uh, uh, while we're getting better. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. <laughs> but you know you go to the emergency room a lot. When you go in there and you introduce, introduce it, everybody, and the guy goes, hey, how you doing? And they go, well, this is our pastor. He goes, yeah, I know. Oh, you was there, you was there three days ago. Yeah. You start seeing the same people. You know what I mean? The whole thing I'm looking at is in here. We can get all wrapped around the wheel and not see all that God's done for us. You say, well, man, I'm in the hospital. Guess what? You probably got insurance, man. And if you don't, we're still going to see you. That's all right, isn't it? Let's count the little blessings. Guess what? You know what? You got people working on you and everything else and seeing what's going on. You got people praying for you. That's a pretty big blessing, isn't it? You know? So look at all those things. God's unlimited resources. And what I want you to see here is sometimes they don't come in the size that you and I desire. Sometimes they're too much. Oh, overwhelming. Anybody been blessed so much that I just can't even take it anymore? I have. I've had things happen in my life. I go, I don't even. Wow. What in the world? And then you know what the devil does? Just wait till the other shoe falls. Everything's going good. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't want you to live like that. Oh, man. Man, I've been blessed in this area and that area. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know? Man, enjoy today. Enjoy the blessings of today. Amen? And then be a blessing to somebody else today. That's the whole thing right there. Let's keep on going. I 
So faith never discounts the difficulties of any circumstance. It crashes in, catches in, excuse me, catches in on the presence of the power of God. Man. When we go through stuff, I'll come up here and say, oh, everything's going to be all right. I know, dog, your problem doesn't matter. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying this, that even in the difficult times, God doesn't change. How many know it's a good thing that God doesn't wait your friends will change, your family can change, you can change, a lot of things change. God, God never changes. So we have confidence in Christ that when we come to him, that he's going to respond through his word. Amen. He's never going to contradict his word. So you need to know his word. So we can pray his word, so we can see what's happening in our life. Amen. It builds our faith, and it gives God a great opportunity. It gives him that platform to just move in your life. Amen. That's what I hope we see today. Over and over and over, man. And I said, when I speak on, on faith, I'm not saying... Life is always easy. I said, we all got some very big things going on in our life. But if you can't trust God, who are you going to trust with? Think about that. Who else are you going to take your problems to? If you can't trust God, what a song, man. But the good news is this. He has faith. He's got an amazing track record, don't he? It's good to go back and look. I always encourage just to journal and write a few things down and go back. You know, sometimes I get down a little bit, not too often, but really, I don't. And I do, and then I'll start talking to somebody, and I'll start talking about all the things that God's been doing. And the next thing you know, man, I'm like, I'm starting to play, yeah, man. How's church going? Oh, it's going good, man. It's going good. Got a lot of good people there, and this and that. And, you know, people getting saved and everything else, man. Now, let me tell you what God did the other day. The next thing you know, look at that. The devil tried to bring me back. He did. I jump up like that, and next thing you know, I'm ready to kick the door chain to beat Jesus. Because <laughs> Grandma was so much pants back if I jump up for Jesus, wouldn't <laughs> We don't care. Give him some baggy pants. But you know what? We should be excited about what's going on. But it's hard sometimes when stuff is hard. I know that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it does. It's hard sometimes when things are so hard. But God is so good. Let's keep on rolling. Man. So, what are your giants? I'm just going to kind of walk through that. It's different for everybody. You don't have to raise your hand or anything. Everybody's got some type of fear, some type of jobs, or some type of problem, or some type of sickness, or some type of worry that we have. But we can cast them at the feet of Jesus. And I said this here. I said, what's keeping you right on the edge of the breakthrough? Is it fear? Is it what somebody else thinks? I used to think that just bugged me. Do you how do you care what somebody else thinks? A lot of people do. I care what they think when I represent the Lord. I don't really, I'm not, I'm not going to let them drive my bus. You see what I'm saying? I don't want them to, to, to have that over me because then what happens is I start following what they dictate instead of what God has spoken. So I'm going to speak what God speaks and I'm going to do what God says the best I can. And when I miss the mark, I'm going to get back and say, Lord, I really need some help in this area. Because we all got giants, amen? Let's keep on going. I said, when fear knocks on the door of your heart, we need to answer it with faith. We talked a little bit about some door knocking the other day. But fear will knock on your, your, your door. You know? How many people like doctor's appointments? Dental appointments? Do you know what they say? Miss Robin, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I will say this. I like going to see my doctor sometimes. I make him laugh. You know, I told him last night, I said, can I give him $20 back? He said, I'm going to give it to you. Because I know he's got so much on him. And he, 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 he's a short little guy. He goes, hey, you hey, got that man, you're angry. Not good if I'm here. But I was, I'm doing good. And this time of year, I tell him the same story every year. Right? And he loves the story. And I got to get ready to go back. 
October's coming up. I wasn't always a preacher. That's what Kevin used to say. That I wasn't always a preacher. We used to have fun in the neighborhood. Anybody ever crush any pumpkins? <laughs> I know you were going to say because you brought it right there with me. We get out there one day and we say, man, you're the fastest. Man. You're the fastest. We got the pumpkin here. You're the fastest. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kick that pumpkin. We'll go down this way and then we'll meet up over here. I said, I ain't no problem. I'm ready. He said, okay, let's go. I take off my mind. And I'm running. And I bring my foot all the way back to about right here. And I kick that pumpkin. Boom! And my foot comes back and recoils right here. Boom! And I go, and I'm laying out there going, what happened? And there was a bunch of hippies that lived on the end of the street down there. And they had quick cleaned the pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> my toes hurt right now. I hit it at a, I remember I was rolling. And that thing went like, I went, I kicked that thing went like this. Now, if you want to get out of here, take off and go to the cemetery and kick the tombstone as hard as you can, man. That's what happened. And they said, what happened? I didn't know. Hey, I got no kick my face. I had a bruise back here from my heel. Converse mark on it. Cure me, baby. I don't get no buttons. But I tell you what. Oh, man. I was in disbelief. Right? So many times he said, what in the world does that have to do with what we're talking about? I could have walked away from that. Man, let's not do that. But I jumped right on in with everybody. My problem was, I didn't just jump in with everybody. I had to be the leader. Look at me. Look at me. Go, man, you think you're going to make it home? I don't know. They carry me like this. And I walked by. And I had to walk back by there and go to school. We're looking. We're inspecting. The, we're going back to the scene of the crime. You know? Oh, my goodness. Dude, there's concrete in there. <laughs> I go, I believe it. I believe it, man. Them guys had all the motorcycles out there and all this stuff. Man, everything. I said, man, that's a But I tell you what, I was on the edge, right? I was on the edge of doing the emergency room. But you know, sometimes, man, there's things in your life that you go kicking and pushing and everything else, and there's a point that it just stops. But it gave me time to evaluate a few things. You know? You said, what lesson can you learn from kicking a concrete pumpkin? <laughs> Y'all gonna be eating today. Y'all pastor talking about kicking a concrete pumpkin. That's crazy. No, what's the story? It's because you know what? Sometimes running with the crowd will cost you more than you want to take. Take you further you want to go. You keep it longer than you want to stay. You know? I'll tell you what, there's just things that go over my life now I go, I think I probably should have run that through the Jesus show. I think I should have probably run that through. You know, that's not a good idea. But what happens is, when we get in with the wrong crowd, the volume of the world gets very loud, doesn't it? Very loud. So guess what? We need to be plugging into God's Word so the volume of His Word is working and loud and loud on my faith, God, Holy Spirit. Let's see what else we got here. I said, faith looks past that possibility of a man to all that is possible through Christ. If you're on the edge of something today, you say, man, I, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how this is going to happen. You know what? Trust God for that. Get with the one of your brothers and sisters. Let's, let's pray. Let's see what's going on. Because God is more than enough. And like I said, what in the world are we going to do if we can't go to God? You know what I like to do sometimes? I like to review the miracles of Christ. You ever do that? We got a hospital yesterday. And the lady brought me some more. Somebody said, can you turn it to the line? I said, no, but I know somebody did. Immediately. 
They just run up and say, no, but I know somebody who did. Jesus. Right? But you know what? People will come to you and ask you. And maybe God will just decide that I'm going to use you. You're going to be my hands. You're going to be my ears. You're going to be my feet. You're going to be the one that comes help somebody. You're going to be somebody to help somebody today. Sometimes the greatest miracle that we can experience is just smiling at somebody. somebody. Sometimes the greatest miracle somebody needs in their life is to know that you care about them. And I think the greatest miracle that God lets us be a part of is sharing the gospel message. Sharing the gospel message. That, that has the ability to take somebody from death to life. And let's, let's, let's be honest. Everybody, unless the Lord comes back and pulls us right on out of here, he can do that. It's going to deal with that one day. But I'll tell you what. It's good to have that thing settled already. What's, what's, why would you let another day go by? You just don't know what's going to happen in time. But I'm not just talking about death. I'm talking about that so you can live today. You know? I didn't come to Christ for fire insurance. I just don't want to go to hell. Okay, Lord, I need maybe, maybe in the beginning I didn't know much. I, I knew I needed Jesus. But I'm going to tell you what, I came to Christ for life. How about you? Because I was dead in my sin. The Bible says all the sin of our shoulders and glory God, man. All of us. And I've said it many times. I didn't need to know about all my sin. I need to know what I do about it. Here the Lord just spoke to my mind. You know what Dad got saved on? Hallelujah. I just thought about that. I didn't keep no pumpkins on that night. <laughs> but God just changed my life. Hey, that's something. The guy's out there kicking pumpkins, terrorizing, doing all this stuff. And God says, you know what? You're going to do all this stuff here? I'm going to transform your life on this night. Wow. Man, that's amazing. You guys got a sense of humor too, don't you? It's just amazing what it is. But you know what we can do? We can spur one another on. There's another scripture you write down. Hebrews 10 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I don't have it on here, but you know I like wordsmithing stuff and writing things out, little acronyms. And I wrote down giant. G I A N T S. And beside G, I wrote God. Beside the I, I wrote is. Beside the A, I wrote alive. And then for the N, I put never. For the T, I put trust. For the S, I put Satan. So it reads like this God is alive, never trust Satan. And next time you look at a giant, whatever that problem is or whatever it is, you take that and think about that. God's alive. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. I'm not going to listen to all this other stuff. I'm going to go with what I know that is true because God is more than God. You know, like I said, I don't know what you're right on the edge of today. But I'm going to tell you what. I hope that we take the attitude just like Caleb had. And Caleb signed the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, but we can certainly do it. He had walked with the Lord enough to know that God is faithful, have you? Have you read his word enough to know that he's faithful? Has God pricked your heart to say, you know what? You need me today. I don't know what it is that God's showing somebody today. I'm going to tell you what, we're going to start right here with the foundation. If you're right on the edge of calling on the name of Jesus, let me help you with a few things. The Bible says that there's one way to heaven. John 14 says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And there will be a day 
that we leave this body. And it says, the Bible talks about being absent of the body, present with the Lord for those who believe. And this is something a lot of people don't want to talk about. I don't want to scare you. I want to inform you. If we reject the only way to heaven, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got one alternative. By default, it's heaven. It's real. It's terrible. If you ever do a study on that, it will push you right over to Christ. Amen. They will do that sometimes. I can't imagine. I hear people that are tough guys and everything else, and they go through something. Have you ever heard anybody come through a sickness or something and say, I would not wish that on my worst enemy? You heard that? That fails compared to hell. But we don't have to do that. There is a way, there's one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. I told y'all the other day I was talking to somebody in the hospital, and they said, Well, do you preach from the Bible? And I thought to myself, and I said, ma'am, I couldn't find any other thing that changed my life. Jesus. He said, I want to that. And I went on and talked to her. I said, it transforms lives. It's the truth. It's tried and true. Absolutely. That's what I preach. I preach Jesus Christ came to this earth and shed his blood to pay our sin debt before. And he laid his life down on the cross. And all the sins of the world were dealt with by the And on the third day, he rose. And he conquered death so that you and I could be the same. So I think he trusted him. When we call on the name of Jesus, he said, What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and open your heart when I share this last point of this message. The most important thing I say today Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked the Lord to come into your life? Today's the day. You can't worry about what the neighbor's going to say. You can't worry about what your spouse might say. You can't worry about what your boyfriend or girlfriend might think. This is for you today. You've got to make a decision. And you say, buddy, what do you mean i got to make a decision? I mean, i got tomorrow and tomorrow. Let's say, you need to make a decision right here, right now, because you don't know about tomorrow. And let me tell you something. If you don't come on the name of Christ today, guess what? You've really rejected it today. You say, man, that's kind of harsh, but I'm just telling you. And I want you to know that the love of God is for you. I don't care about what you've done, what you did, anything else, all that stuff right there. God knows your heart. God is, that's why he came. All we're doing is putting in, in, into practice what God has done for us. Amen? You say, well, how do I do that? Look at me right now. This, this is your prayer. Listen to me. If this, is, if this is what's going on in your life. You say, I'm not sure. I mean, I believe in God. I go to church. I've been going here. I've been going there. And everything else. Look, we're, we're past all that. We're going to settle this thing right now. I just feel like I need to be very right. Have you called on the name of Jesus? What do you mean by Have you said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Come into my life for me today. That simple heartfelt prayer, turning from the things of the world and turning towards God. God says, you know what? Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You never have to deal with that issue again. You want to grow from there. You want to go from there. But you can settle that today. So if you want to settle that today, pray this with me. Dear Lord, come into my life. 
I believe you're the Son of God, Lord, and I trust in you. Help me to walk this thing out, Lord, today. Save me, Jesus. If you're here today, say, well, you know, I've been to church, I've fell away, I've done this and all those things. Welcome home. Welcome back. Whether it's here or wherever, I'm talking about the church as God's family. Love that. Want to come alongside me and encourage you? I'm going to tell you, just like I talked about a little while ago, is that unconditional love. God never left. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Don't need to know what you've done. He said that I've separated your sin as far as the east is from the west. I put them into the sea of forgetfulness. Walk away, push away, clean and fresh by the love of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen.